get by with a little help from John Lennon. It's Questions for Lennon. Hello, welcome to Questions for Lennon, the advice podcast where we answer advice questions emailed in from our listeners. I'm your host, European rock and roll guitarist, John Lennon. And I got to say, folks, I'm in a good mood today. So, you know, sometimes I start this show and I'm in a real rut. But today I'm living big and I feel great because I just put made an investment on a brand new product that's going to be coming out. It's called Tummy Tomes. And what it is, it's, you know when you're reading a book and you've got to flip the pages and you don't want to read anymore because, oh, I'm so bored of this. Well, this, what these are, the Tummy Tomes, the pages are made out of uh, paper-like sweet candy. And each time you each time you turn the page, you rip it out and you eat it. So it gives you incentive to keep reading. It's great for kids who no oh, mom, dad, you know, mommy, stepdaddy, you know, whatever the situation is. I don't want to read anymore. Well, you've got to read, or else you don't. You're going to fail all your classes. I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, okay. How about this for an idea? You can eat your book. <laughs> Well, that's what we're doing now over at Tummy Tomes. It's a great investment. It's brand new for me. Uh, it was on Shark Tank, you know, the show where they people come up and they say, Sharks, do you want to invest? Well, the, none of them wanted it. And I, I happened to see that show, so I called them up, the people who make it. And I said, I want in. I'll give you anything. Blank check I gave them. Uh, and I said, you know, just don't go over. I said, blank check, but just don't go over, you know, 1500 <laughs> So I've got $1,500 into the Tummy Tomes. Check those out. I think they should be uh, coming out around uh, the new school year. All summer we're going to work on them, and we're going to put those out. But I didn't come here just specifically just to talk about tummy tomes. I came here to do a podcast show about advice questions. Where are we answer advice? And I've got a guest today. Ladies and gentlemen, I've known this guy way back. Please welcome the, the fantastic, he's, he's a brilliant director, Stanley Kubrick. Johnny, it's good to it's good to see you. Sadly, how are you? Uh, how how am I? I'm 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 fine. How are you? No, me. How are you? Oh, how long is it? I, now I know the last time we saw each other was maybe pre. It was definitely pre-pandemic, but I want to even say it was maybe even. 2017, 2000, was it 18? How long ago was it, w- it? Well, wait a minute. We did, it was a long time ago. We did, we went to that dinner for, um, who was it? It was Martin Short. No, it was Steve Martin. Oh, it wasn't. No, it was, it was Steve Short, our friend Steve Short, who does a great Martin Short and Steve Martin impression. He does great impressions. Oh, he, and I sometimes go between back and forth. Is he, does he do a better Martin Short or does he do a better Steve Martin? Whoever always, he is, we love Steve Short. I always want to say he does a better Martin Short because he's so short, but... That helps. That, that he's, helps. He's shorter than a Martin Short to such a degree that it doesn't even work as a Martin Short impression. Because he's, what, what would you say, three foot eight inches? He's three foot eight. Last time I uh, measured him, and I measured him at that dinner that we had because... He kept... You yes, you were measuring him as I was saying goodbye to you. I was out the door and you were uh, measuring. <laughs> I was measuring. He had gotten up on the table, and that's why you left. He got up on the table because he was mad about what something. He was mad about uh, us getting there late and the whole meal. He was complaining about, it. and then he got drunk and he got on the table and said, yeah. "You can't do this." And he started, you know, uh, uh, 
uh, drop kicking all the roll the dinner rolls all over the restaurant and you said i'm done with this i said don't worry i'll take care of it i can handle him and uh, you left as i was measuring it i was fed up uh you know and and, uh, and fed up i was already fed up into my tummy yes and then i was fed up with uh yeah, it was a, you know, I guess it was kind of a hygiene thing. I didn't like the shoes being up on the table where I, where where we were eating. But Well, you grew up that way. You don't you don't put your no, feet to the No, you just don't. But that said, when he was kicking some of those dinner rolls, I don't know if you noticed, Johnny, but uh some of those dinner rolls got directly kicked into some of the guests' open mouths. Uh, yeah. In a way that looked like it was from an old Three Stooges where the film had be rewound, where they started with the roll in the mouth and then pulled it out and then reversed the film. It was that funny. I remember, well, you're such a film buff, of course, you know, that, that whole thing. I was thinking the same thing when that happened. I was like, wait, did somebody just reverse the film? And I'm, then I'm thinking, reverse the film? What the hell am I talking about? Well, Johnny, that's when I go, uh, are you having one of your famed acid flashbacks? Yeah, I, I have those from time to time. Uh, speaking of which, um, can you, can you, that little uh, gremlin that's on your shoulder right now who's sort of making faces at me and uh, picking his nose, could you tell him to scoot off? He's distracting me. Uh, yeah, John, I, I will. Uh... Hey, John, you didn't uh, happen to drop a tab, <laughs> I think is what they say. I dropped, we a tab, I dropped a tab at uh, the Rainbow Room last night. Well, I don't know if I it's had, still I in effect. Pay, I had to pay uh, my bill. I don't have a gremlin on my... That's a prop, actually. John. Oh, okay. Well, you've got one of the old gremlins props. Yeah, that was given to me by uh, Steven Spielberg and Joe Dante. Uh, flew down and uh, into my backyard and handed this to me. <laughs> I mentioned I was a fan. Did they fly down on uh, a Superman? (laughs) Yeah, I was a big Superman. Joe Dante directed Superman. Am I correct in thinking that? Oh, I thought you said Supervan. I I said said, yes. I said yes, and he did come down in a Supervan. But you said Superman. Uh, That was a good friend of mine, Mr. Dick Donner. (laughs) Oh, Dick! Oh, Donna, Richard Donna. <laughs> I love when I love when uh, friends can call people named Richard Dick. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess I didn't even think about that. It's so he is a friend. He's such a close friend that I call him Dicky sometimes. Do you have it's... any friends that were uh uh uh? You went. You just called him Dick. But because you were such close friends, I call every once in a while. I'll call Ringo Dick because his real name is Richard Starkey, uh, and and Does he, he like that. He hates it. You know, he doesn't even like being called Ringo. He, he wants to be called Mister Smooth, and that's <laughs> this whole this whole new thing that he's into. I'm Mister Smooth. Because summer's Smooth. coming up. He summer's coming up, and every summer he wants to try to do this. A new, put on a new persona. So this year it's Mr. Smooth. Oh, that's right. And it involves different clothes and sort yeah. of wigs. And... It's, the wigs is insane because you know how hot it gets here in New York. And he's got to put on his, his rainbow wig. You know, he was doing the rainbow wig character that two years ago. He was uh, Sunny Delight, he called himself. And he had this big rainbow wig that was like a big clown wig. And I said, okay, you're going to do this all summer, okay? You're right. He said, oh, was that the summer before or after uh, Captain Midnight? What was what? that persona? Oh, yeah. Captain Midnight. Yeah, was, Captain it was Midnight. like white, white tux with a white top hat. 
Right. Tails. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, that same thing, uh, you know, he wore another wig in that, too. He had a big, long, white Edgar, Edgar Winter-type uh, yeah. Did you on. ever? I I was in a band with Edgar Winter. Did you ever play with him? I never did. When did you play with him? I don't think I know about this chapter of your Ooh. life. <laughs> um, um. I met him on the set of uh, Full Metal Jacket. He he was a friend of Matthew Modine's, and uh... <laughs> so Matthew Modine right introduced me to uh, Edgar Winter, and uh, I said, "Hey, Edgar." We're going to be wrapping this movie in the next week. I'd love to just blow off some steam with some jam sessions. Oh, Could you God. come by? That's how you do it, yeah. Yeah. I don't play an instrument. Uh-huh. I just sit there and I listen to a band jam out. You don't sing or anything? No, no, no. Not much of a singer. <laughs> Wait See? a minute. <laughs> See? It's no that, good. That wasn't great, but certainly... John- I'd Certain love you to jam. Like come and come and be one of the bands I get to watch jam. I would love to jam in front of you. If you could would, pick uh, some people to jam with, who would you? I would get well. I'd get Ringo, of course. He's the only drummer I've ever worked with who I can get along with. Every other drummer, I you know, I've worked with uh, Stephen Copeland. I've worked with uh, was it? Yes, no, Stephen Copeland uh, from the Police. Anton, right? Yeah, and then Anton from the Late Night. The, from the David Letterman band? Worked with him. I worked with Meg White, all of which ended in them slapping me in the face. <laughs> Not for anything I did. They just didn't like me, I guess. There's something about me that makes drummers Nothing very... Nothing you did, John? Nothing? Well, I kicked over some of their drinks, and I... Uh, okay. <laughs> I put uh, itching powder in the, uh, in the travel case. Now, I saw that show, and I actually thought... When there was itchy powder on Stuart Copeland, he was a fantastic drummer. He started moving his arms <laughs> all wild. Everyone do the itchy C, and everyone <laughs> of the audience said. It was his best performance. I thought so, but no. He, he said, those weren't the, the drum hits I wanted to do. I said, drum hits? There's got to be a better way to say that. And he said, nope, it's drum hits to me, and those weren't the hits I wanted. I said, all right, well. Next time, I, I will try not to be such a prankster behind uh, the stage. Hey, I say bring more uh, next time to ensure it. Hey, hey, put itching powder in the rider. <laughs> How would you like this? Maybe next year at Coachella. You've seen Coachella. They play it on YouTube all, all week long. Yeah, yeah. We go down to Coachella and do a prank set. We, we go up there and one by Fun. one invite people out, you know. Yeah, uh, pull their pants down. Nalls, bring Nalls Barkley up there and put itching powder on them and yep. pull up. Uh, not Stephen Copeland wouldn't want to give him uh, any yeah. more stage time that he needs. Yeah, uh, we get Doja up, Cat, give her, put a spider on top of her head and see her shriek. Uh, the weekend could be given an ice cube with a fly in it. And the audience would watch that and cheer and cheer. There would be no music, and we would not be mic'd up. You just—they just see us silently on the big screens, pulling pranks, one by one, to a lineup of celebrity <laughs> artists. Here, Jack White, why don't you have a seat right here? A whoopee cushion that no one could hear except us and maybe the front two rows. <laughs> 
I really, all these breaks were really delighting me, I gotta say. I think so they I would think delight. We should do all of them. I think they would delight a modern audience of young people at Coachella. <laughs> that is why they came there. That is what they came to see. <laughs> An ex-rock and roll guy and a, and a uh, genius filmmaker, Bull Franks. Two, hey, two iconoclasts of the 60s. You got that You got to right. give that to us, John. You got to give it up. You got to give it props where props are due. Think about that. In the late 60s, here you were releasing the White Album, and then, what, two weeks later, I'm uh, releasing uh, 2001? We were the freaks of our scene, baby. I have to ask you about 2001. Did you, were you put, uh, did you have so little, uh, how do I want to put this, uh, extra uh, cocoa with your Krispies that morning? Oh, like where do I get my crazy ideas from? Right, Is that it's what the only saying? way I can say drugs without sounding, uh, sort of putting it, tucking it behind me secretly. Uh, you know what it actually is? Uh, it's sugar. It's a, rice, a big bowl of Rice Krispies. Oh, you sugar, that's a sugar high. That movie yep. was a result of a sugar high. Wow. Yeah, sometimes it's more sugar than rice and definitely more than Krispies. Uh, but, yeah, then I'll go in. I'll just uh, freeform with my ideas. And so I came up with that whole monkey thing at the beginning of 2001. Right. After I ate a... A whole box of Rice Krispies. I remember seeing a behind-the-scenes, shooting the behind-the-scenes of the, uh, where the spaceman is going, all the colors fly past his face. Yeah. And, and the camera kind of dips, like, they're, they're done with the take, and it drops. <laughs> and there was a bunch of uh, Hershey's chocolate bar wrappers on the floor. That yeah. makes sense now that you would just amp that on, was me. on Pennsylvania's finest. Yeah, I just would get ripped up. Out of my mind on Pennsylvania's finest, and uh, if you look, if you rewatch that scene, you'll see Hershey bars, but you'll notice a little foot, and that's where I was, had been passed out for the last hour on this after this sugar high. So the crew shot most of that. Uh-huh. I think one of the interns or something came in and said, oh, "Fuck it, I'll do it." Right, right. And I said, "Fine, I, you know, I like sleeping here." And I woke up the next morning with Hershey's finest all over my face and. As long as my name's on the in the credits, do whatever you want. Yeah. Oh, that's what I said. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I thought you said that. I'm not going to give you credit on 2001. <laughs> put me next in your next movie. Put me put me in the credits and say 2001. Oh John well, Lennon. you. I, I'm. If you want to work, I gotta. Uh, we could do another movie together. What the devil are you working on now, anyway? Uh. I know it's gonna be. I know it's gonna I'm, be I'm, cinematic. That's for sure. Yeah. I think sequels uh, of, exist- of your existing stuff to all of my movies, and they're all gonna meet up in uh, one, one, one movie. I would like to see a Barry Lyndon multiverse movie. Yeah, you got Barry Lyndon bumping into uh, uh, Lolita, bumping into uh, Alex from Clockwork Orange. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, as long as he's not pulling any more of that ultra violence, I'll be fine. John, I wish I went out to you for a Clockwork Orange. I said, John, I, I would love for you to play this part. And you said, I know. I'm in Beetle World. I'm in Beetle. What would you say? I'm doing my Beetle thing. You know, that was yeah. back then. The 60s was my Beetle thing and a little bit of the 70s. 
And I remember I was very close to doing it, and my uh, representatives talk was talking to you, you and your representatives. Yeah. And they said, John's in. He's great. He's got his own yeah. bowler hat, so you don't have to worry about that prop uh, wardrobe-wise. He's got that covered. <laughs> but he just so you know, he's not going to do any uh, threesome scenes to classical music. He'll yeah. Only, he'll only do it to bebop, because that's the only thing I think that is That was the, the sticking point, was that you would... You would do a sex scene. Right. You would do a sex scene in sped up motion. Fine by me. In Yep. It could be a three-way. Sure. But the sticking point was the sped up classical music. That's when I said, ah, this man is has no idea what he's doing behind the camera. And I it need worked, to say, though. It you worked. saw it. it. Was there a snake in that scene? Two. Two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, the other one being Malcolm McDowell's yeah. penis. <laughs> if I could have remembered his name at that time, I was going to say that. <laughs> I believe that's his name, and I believe he showed up in a show on HBO uh, in the later <laughs> years that I saw and said, "Hey, that's the guy from that movie Kubrick did." But now I can't think of what that show was. John, did I ever tell you a story about how I was walking on a set once in Los Angeles, uh, uh, on a, a studio lot okay. on Los Angeles. Same studio you shot the moon landing on? Whoops! Go ahead. Hey, that's between you, me, and the... <laughs> Was that the X-Files theme? <laughs> yeah, Mulder and Scully know too, okay? So that's four of us. So just you know keep they, it under your You know head. what that called? You know what that, those, that pair is called when they go to Colorado? <laughs> Boulder and Scully. Go ahead. Oh my god. Well, uh, so I, uh, I, uh, I don't know if I told you this story, but I saw Malcolm McDowell on a, uh, on a studio lot once, and okay. he was talking to an actress, uh, who I won't say her name, just so she doesn't have to be asked about this, but Malcolm <laughs> McDowell can answer for it if you'd like. I walked by him. And I heard the actress say to Malcolm McDowell as I walked by, Oh, I'm sorry. I have a boyfriend. Oh. And Malcolm McDowell saying, Oh, okay, yeah, because I saw you walking around here, so I just wanted to say hello. Anyway, that <laughs> Okay, that so happened. He, was, he was playing Cupid for the season, and uh, he's just, Oh, there's, he, I wrote it down. There's one I don't need to work on. She's got a boyfriend. I, she doesn't need Cupid's arrow. Moving on, she doesn't need Cupid's arrow. <laughs> who, that else, he, who else is single here so I can help them and out? He's not interested in falling in love with the women. He just wants no. to make sure women fall in love and men fall in love. Men too. He wants other. everyone. All <laughs> Cupid wants all to be in love. Cupid wants all to be in love. And that's sort of uh, one thing we can take away, regardless of, of what we get into on this podcast today, that... Yeah, Cupid just wants all to be in love, and uh, I you hope got that's to, the takeaway. You got to give it up for that little chubby cherub. You really do, uh, chubby cherub. You kind of wasted a lot of time there, buddy. What do you mean? Why not just a ch- cherub? <laughs> well, I don't know why not. This is just the way I need to do things. You could just way combine I- the two words. So just chub and cherub. cherub and just chirb. 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 Oh, chub. Chirb. Question for you, Stanley. Eyes wide ah! shut. Yes! <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. You hate questions. 
It's okay. It's a, they just scare me. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> because you don't know. I remember you, my, I was uh, talking to your therapist about this once. You're scared because you don't. It's the unknown. You know, you don't know how yeah. it's gonna end. Even though a sentence, even if it's a factual statement, you wouldn't know where that ends either. But whatever. Yeah, that's sometimes good. I'll just come up with an answer just so I don't have to face the unknown. Exactly. And that's between you and your therapist and the X-Files theme. You, you've been talking to uh, my therapist, David Duchovny, and Jillian Anderson? That's right. Every week. Every time. After your session. Every time you leave your session, don't you notice a guy with a... Long trench coat, <laughs> fake mustache and beard, and a hat pulled way down low. That's me. I go there, and they debrief, they debrief me on the whole thing. That's why that hat was pulled down so low. That's right. And I've got to say, you're doing very well getting over your daddy issues. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, it's, it's hard when uh, your dad, uh, every day when you get back home from school... He makes you sit in a fish tank. Yeah, it does some damage to you. It does. It just makes you. It just makes you scared of fish tanks first and foremost. But it mm-hmm. also makes you think, shouldn't this man be at work? And then you remember, oh no, mommy oh. makes the money. Mommy makes the money. <laughs> and she does it by. She's a fisher person. She, she catches fish. Yep. Oh, well, and now it makes sense why so I said you're a better therapist than David Duchovny and Julian Anderson in character people as have, Mulder and Scully. By people the way. have said that to me before, but they, oh, so they have, the two of them are very good, not in character, but they refuse to not do therapy sessions again. Yeah, they they are in character, it. and they have a process where they have to say everything in unison, so right. they have to write it first, so they can right. read off a script together. They got to get old Vince time. Gilligan down to write that out, and he says, "Well, I'm a little busy with the Better Call Saul stuff that's premiering yeah. right now." And they say, "Well, okay, we're just gonna give bad advice to everyone." Well, I said to him, "I said, Vincey, Vincey, Better Call Saul, Better Call me, okay? Because we need <laughs> we need some therapy uh, tips." Yeah, and then I said, "You know, Better Call Dominoes because this therapy session's going on way too long." I miss oh, my dinner. John, if the walls of our, those dominoes we've sat in could talk, buddy, and the conversations they overheard between us. Right, right. Oh, just, I don't order from Domino's. I hate it. I only dine in. It's ter- If it's delivered, it's terrible. It, the, it's disgusting. The cheese gets all green, but if, it, if you eat it there in studio, in shop... And the sausages get hotter and hotter in temperature. And they blow, they burn holes in the top of the, the <laughs> pizza box. So you so you got a, a green pizza that shows up. <laughs> the box is on fire. <laughs> no thanks. Take take you it back. Dine in. You gotta dine in to avoid uh dine in <laughs> a flaming pizza box. You dine in. You smile in. <laughs> Hey, I might use that for my local commercials. Ah, so this is uh, what I was going to ask. Eyes Wide yeah. Shut, your final movie. Yeah. Pro- problematic title, no? Yeah, I heard a lot from the eye community about that. That's you can't, for sure. They can't be wide shut. The wide open, uh, that is what threw me. That's why I have never yeah. seen that movie to this day. I've seen... I, hey, I get you. I haven't rewatched it because I hate the title. I've seen... I mean, I've seen selected... Selected uh, scenes on. Uh, ah, Mr. I bet I know which <laughs> yeah. ones. Mr. S- my Mr. Skin account uh, is keeps <laughs> is keeps renewing for that very reason. Yeah, uh, I met Mr. Skin. You <laughs> you did. 
That was one of the deals. I said you can put some of the clips up of my horny movies, but uh, I got to meet you, Mr. Skin. He walks through the door, and I stand up, and I say, oh, Mr. Skin, nice to meet you. He says, I'm Mr. Skin's bodyguard, you idiot. God just introduced myself. You an idiot. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm just making sure you're on the up and up before I bring Mr. Skin out here. And then we, he said, okay, you check out. And then it, Mr. Skin came out. Right. He's totally naked, which I expected. Right. <laughs> I expect that. But just the flattest dick. You've never seen. Now, what do you mean? Like soft or just fat, like thin? The flat. (laughs) Like a pancake. Oh, wow. And as uh, (laughs) wide as a pancake. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I thought you met Mr. Skin. I I know I told you that. I know I I I told you that. No, I told you that once, but I was trying to sound cool because you you were talking to other celebrities like, oh, you know when we, you meet Mr. Skin? I was like, oh, yes, when I met him. I've never John, met, met him before. You don't have to do that. You're, seriously, you're like one of the coolest guys in our group of friends. <laughs> Thanks. And the idea that you would think you would have to lie about anything at all to impress us. Johnny boy, we're trying to impress you. Me, uh, 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 the, the uh... Steve Schultz. Uh, Ted Danson and uh, Steve Small and uh, Charles Schultz. Yeah, I know, but you guys are so, you're all so great, and you're all so just cool. You know, uh, I'm, no, I know the the public perceives me as cool, but you know me. I'm such a, I'm wrapped up, I'm a mess. I'm I'm just a ball of nerves all the time. That's what I heard. I heard Ted Danson go, it's hard not being the cool one in the group. And I've heard, uh, uh, who's one of the other guys? Martin uh, Short, Martin Steve. Steve Small. Steve Short. Steve Short. Steve Short. (laughs) Who is small. I heard Steve Short say to me, gosh, it sure is hard not being the, the cool, one of the cool guys in this group. Everybody feels, I felt this way. We're all the cool, so we're all the coolest guys in the group, and that's fine. Yeah. We got to get. You know, we need and to, we dress the do. same, which is cool. Remember when Danson, right, remember when Danson got us all those leather jackets with our nicknames on the back? Yeah. And we all I... said, oh, thanks. And we all were too nervous to wear them out because we didn't want to seem too cool. We got to wear those. This summer, let's all put those back on and wear the uh, leather jackets. We just got to get our confidence back, our swagger. Uh, and then I could see us going out wearing our matching, well, non Non-matching names. <laughs> names don't check. match, of course. I think and the way he do... gave us all nicknames, and we found out what our nicknames were when they were on the back. Right, right. He called you QB, and that was and... he didn't know your name was wasn't. It was he thought it was Kubrick, and you said no, it's yeah. not pronounced that way. Well, that's what was the fun of getting my name. We figured that out. He was like, "Oh, you thought that the whole time," and then I, uh, uh, Scorpion. That's a I. That was a cool nickname he gave you. Well, Scorpion. you know, because I was so into uh, uh, that the, that Adam. <laughs> I was into the Ryan Gosling movie, The Driver, Drive a Driving Baby. What the hell was that movie called? <laughs> <laughs> the Driving Baby. <laughs> yeah, where he had a scorpion on the drive. Yeah. I think. But there was another movie with <laughs> somebody called Driving. Well, there baby. was a movie with uh, yeah uh, him. 
and inside of him was Anson Elgort with a little steering wheel. Right, and he broke out of him a la the alien movie. A la the alien movie, yes. You ever ever have a conversation with someone who uh, is in a professional choir? And they want to use that, and they go, ah, la, 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 you know, the alien movie. And you just, you leave your work yeah, at like work. like, leave it up in the quiet, leave it up in the, the balcony. Right, and then they say to me, well, you know, don't come on stage and start talking to me about the alien right. movie. And I say, okay, well, that, right. I, I apologize to everyone in the audience. I'll go back to my seat. I can do, this is why I don't go out to these events. Well, I find it a little bewildering that a church would screen alien during their services. I know, I know. But they they do it every year. It's Easter Sunday. They play Alien for some reason. Okay, because there's eggs in it. Uh, we get it. Oh, because there's eggs in it. That's the explanation you hear every year. You ask a friend, why do they watch it? Because there's eggs in it. Pasta. As if we're supposed to uh, those, just accept this. Those are Alien eggs. Those aren't Easter Bunny eggs. Oh. What? And then, oh, 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 here's another one you always hear. Would you go, oh, why do they always watch a daily in an Easter Sunday at the church? Right, right. Oh, Sigourney Weaver kind of looks like a bunny. Right. You ever hear that one? Right. Well, I hear about Sigourney Weaver. The, yeah, the bunny one is just, I don't know, those people are in Barkers. the wrong world. But the, the one I get now about Sigourney Weaver is, you know, Weaver, weaving, woven basket, egg basket. <laughs> What? what the hell oh, are you talking about? That's not going to get me to sit in a church and watch Alien on Easter Sunday. I'm going to be in a church, uh, a normal church, right? where we're celebrating the resurrection of Christ. Right, not watching... what? what and it's a, it is one of the greatest... Uh, Alien is one of the greatest Alien movies. Oh, I love the movie. It's better than any shit I've made. <laughs> Don't say that. So... Have you seen my movies? They're fucking, they're boring. I didn't see the only the, the selected clips from Mrs. Skin for uh, Eyes Wide Shut, which we have a problem. Hey, question about that movie. Is it true that uh, Tom Cruise is taller than Nicole Kidman? Yeah, yeah, she's got so much vanity. She has to be boosted up all the time. Right. And Tom, you know, he swallows his pride, and he's, mm-hmm. he's okay with, uh... I'll tell you what the real trouble is, is building all the sets... It's like a fucking Muppet movie. Right. Different levels. Uh, you got to so make little we... alleyway walkways for old Tolly Tommy Boy. Just so he's a little shorter than Nicole. Okay, Nicole, Just whatever your hang-up is. Okay, Nicole, okay. You got you. We, we saw you in Lucy. <laughs> we loved you. Yeah, we loved you in... We loved you, Lucy. You know what's so funny about Nicole Kidman? She goes to all the award shows. Yeah, Keith Urban, he he's in the front row every single award show. Isn't that yeah. funny? That he well, he doesn't he's not an actor, but <laughs> there he is, taking the place of old Jack Nicholson, where he would be right in the middle. Is, I mean, I've thought this in other situations. Is Keith Urban our new Jack Nicholson? Mm, I mean, I worked with Jack in The Shining, and when I met Keith Urban, I said, "This guy's more Jack than Jack." He's jacked up. He's jacked up on on award season. <laughs> what I always you know thought we was weird do? about Keith Urban, he plays country music, but his last that's name what I is think is strange. Urban. I bet that's a fake name. And his wife Nicole Kidman right. is not a kid or a man. Discuss. 
You discuss that as, at home while we answer a question here. Yes. <laughs> emailed in from a listener. Let's I'm just see. hoping it. Yeah. Let's see what. No, no. What, you're hoping what? I'm, I'm looking through the. Oh, the, nothing. Oh, here's a good one. Okay. Okay. Great. Hi, John and America's oldest teenager, Dick Clark. That's, of course, not you. <laughs> a lot of the time, our listeners like to guess at who it's going to be. It's called it's Stanley Kubrick well, today. Pretty not close. America's oldest teenager, Dick Clark. <clears throat> anyway. We're both alive. What do I get my GF's father for his birthday next month? We've been dating for seven months, and I've only met him once. I want to get him something, but what? Keep it rocking, dude. Ryan. Well, that's an interesting... I love that question. You got to get the, the girlfriend's dad a gift. That's an awkward time, isn't it? You, you've been dating for seven months, met the dad once. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not unique. I think that is... A pr- but, but that's a that awkward... Seems- an awkward relationship to have to buy someone a gift. And I think you should get him a gift. I think he'd appreciate it. Yeah, so, oh, he would uh, just, and I would say he'd appreciate it under the category of it's the thought that counts. Really, anything you get him, he's just going to be like, well, right. it's nice that uh, I my girlfriend's, uh, <laughs> my daughter's boyfriend is so kind. Right. And, and you know, he's probably in the, the guy's name is Ryan, but... I'm sure the dad is on the relationship with him where he's still calling him yeah. Brian. You know what I mean? But no, I mean, I think the answer is simple. Get him some sexy underwear. Right, right. And that's great. I think that's this is one of those gifts where maybe you get a couple items. A couple smallish, oh, small two. to yeah, mid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah. something big. That's that's too much. No, but two you don't small get him a, to mid-sized. Don't get yeah. him a Mercedes. That's crazy. <laughs> no. And don't get him, you know, a packet of golf tees. Get him the the edible underwear or the sexy underwear, which probably should be edible. Yeah, they should be edible. Actually, the the edible underwear people. We're talking with them about our tummy tomes. We're going to try to have the pages oh, maybe the same fit. thing. Yeah, uh, but you know, there's there's sort of uh, public perception of that type of thing. You can, people don't want to buy books for their kids that are also made out of edible underwear. Anyway, whatever. Oh, we'll just make the the books uh, that are the edible underwear like erotic. Right, like the Kama Sutra. Erotic fiction. <laughs> right. Ooh, erotic friction. Um, Johnny? So if you're going to do the, the sexy underwear, why not also get a sort of offset it with a nice set of, you know, um, you could get them in marble or glass. They do glass ones, a stainless steel. A Benoit balls could be very helpful <laughs> for, for, for him and her in the bedroom. Uh, because, you know, it's, it's a, a married couple, you know, I'm assuming that he's still married to his wife. Maybe not. But uh, that's a gift for the uh, the missus, too. Oh, you're so thoughtful. Oh, it's a gift everybody, the whole family would right. be appreciative. You break him open on the morning of his birthday, and you don't even go out to, to his birthday dinner. The whole family's having a great time with the Benoit balls. Uh, grandma, you know, giggy, giggy grandma comes in. What's that going on in here? Grandma, lift up your bloomers. We've got Benoit balls for the whole family. Ryan got him, isn't Ryan? Oh, he's always been my favorite of your boyfriend. And then Ryan, oh, there have been others that let me at him. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, of course. Hey, you're hogging those Benoit balls. Let me try those. Just be prepared if you're hang, uh, handing out Benoit balls. At the end of the day, the father's going to pull you aside and he's like, when you going to ask the question? The family loves you. Right. When you you got to pop it? the question. <laughs> He's like, first got to pop these out of my asshole. Poop, plip, plop. <laughs> now I'm ready to take your daughter's hand in marriage. Oh, that's what happened when I, uh, uh, when uh, me, Stanley Kubrick, 
married uh, my second wife, uh, and I asked her father for permission. Uh-huh. They were billiard balls that I had stuffed up my ass in his ass. Uh-huh. And uh, when I asked for permission, he said, yes, you may propose to my daughter. Pop, boop, <laughs> pop. All the billiard balls popped out of our ass. Eight ball side pocket. <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh- that was, in those days, kind of the gender reveal party of its time. Right, right. You know, if 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 you get three if you get three pops from Daddy, then you could that's a yes. <laughs> that's a yes, that's a bingo. That's tradition. It was tradition back then. A lot of traditions seem silly now, but traditions were traditions for a reason. And they've morphed. <laughs> Definitely morphed. Oh, traditions have morphed, that's for sure. <laughs> traditions have morphed. Yeah, well, what was the other takeaway that we had mentioned uh, 15 minutes ago? All, all is fine with a... What was that? Uh, for, for what? The, uh, the alien movies? Uh, we said that was going to be the takeaway of the... You know what? Cut this part. Okay, so... <laughs> no, I, I kind of remember what you're talking about. I can't for the life of me remember either. It's because I've got so much damn acid in my brain. I've, <laughs> I've done too much acid. Oh, well, are we going to talk about this? Uh, uh, the one time you and me dropped acid together, Johnny. I right? wasn't going to bring it up, but I would love to hear your end of the story because I know mine is quite different. So we were huge Fletch fans. Mm-hmm. And I think you had seen it a couple times. I had seen it a couple times. Did you ever, did you ever read the... Uh, the um, Chevy Chase rewrite of Mean Girls, by the way. Stop trying to make Fletch happen. Go ahead. Oh my God! I did not read that. Uh, you didn't read. It's, it's the same exact. I'm a little script. miffed that Chevy didn't show that to me. I know you guys are friends. Uh, <laughs> it's the same exact script, but just the one moment when they say "Don't make Fletch happen," he added it. He he wrote in by Uh-oh. pen. Well, okay, go ahead. The time. Yeah, he we, has his right to do that. We were into Fletch. Big time. Yeah, well, uh, and I think it was, was in, uh, what, third week of release, mm-hmm. and we said, we're loving this movie. Let's go see it together. At the U- the UCLA Bruin Theater. Yep, yep. Right. And uh, we rode on a bicycle together. Mm-hmm. Not a for, for two, but just a single bicycle that right. I, I sort of put my hands wrapped around your neck and sort of flew in the air like a pennant. Yeah. Yep. And everyone said, hey, there goes there goes John and Stanley flying down the... the they must be going to see Fletch. Yeah, there, there they go down Wilshire. To, to the Bruin. Hey, and I think it was somewhere around Wilshire and uh, La Sienega. <laughs> Get your maps out. Johnny said, hey, why don't we watch Fletch the way it was supposed to be watched? Right. I think were your exact words. I didn't get it out that clearly because I my throat was so constricted with the arms, but it was yeah. Why don't we watch Fletch the way it's supposed to be watched? <laughs> and uh, yeah, we dropped some acid and we watched uh, Fletch, and I flipped out. I was you out of, of my mind. You were out was, of your mind. I've never scared. seen someone uh, go up to stab the screen with a <laughs> with a, a ballpoint pen. 
so many times. Because I've seen it before, but not as many times as you did. And it well, wasn't it, every, almost every scene you went up there and started shouting. It did seem as if he was being attacked a lot. Right. Did he not? It, Fletch was overwhelmingly being attacked by people in that movie. It did seem he that needed, way. He's a friend. I needed to defend him. Right. I'm going to stab the screen. And you kept, you kept. oh my God, I got to protect him. And you'd run up. I said, God, no, Stanley, it's the same thing that just happened. Thank God it was a sold out theater. Right. Because there was just a collective understanding. Hey, we're going to let this guy just freak out. Right. I, I stood up while you were hacking away at the screen. I said, hey, this guy's made more movies than you could even, than you've blown your nose. Uh, yeah. Don't, so, hey, uh, do me a favor, uh, when you put me in a sentence in how I make movies, don't use the word hack. Uh, okay. Okay. Right. I won't. Okay. I right. won't. You don't. You don't do that to yourself. I won't either. And to all the listeners, when you meet Kubrick, don't start talk. Don't talk about hack. Yeah. No. Oh, I'll take pictures though. Oh, you I love, love taking yeah, pictures with fans. You'll so. you'll take pictures. You'll sign everything in sight. All right. I'll sign stuff that isn't even my movies. Right. I signed a, a Popeye doll <laughs> last week. From the Altman, the Altman version. Yeah, it was a Robin Williams' little, it was like a hardened plastic mold face of Robin Williams. Were you, were you in contention to direct that movie? I was, I was, uh, because of uh, Shelley uh, Duvall mm-hmm. uh, in The Shining. Right. She said, Stanley, I'm about to do this next movie, it's called Popeye. Right. She said, we worked so well together on the set of The Shining. Why don't we take this magic, on-set magic, over to a cartoon? She used that word, magic. Right. Let's take that magic. I'll, I'll kick out Robert Altman, who she hated and worked with repeatedly. Right. Uh, she said, I would love for you, Stanley, to direct the Popeye movie. <laughs> Baby! <laughs> and uh, I said, Shelly, I love you, but... <laughs> I need a vacation. Because by that point, I was, you know, it's just been a long time shooting The Shining. Yeah, you got to be. Now, you shot that in Colorado. Yeah, at a real hotel. At a real uh, hotel. And we all stayed in the rooms. That, we would come down and make the movie, and we'd go back up and fuck each other. That makes, that's nice. That makes it convenient. Because then there's not to the, who's driving to where, what hotel, who's, who lives oh. in town. Yeah, I told Wes Anderson, I said, do a movie about a hotel just so you can have an excuse to make it production friendly. Right, so that's why, that's why the second half of Bottle Rocket is the way it is. <laughs> yeah, before he made Bottle Rocket, I, I was a fan of some of his uh, student films he had made. Yeah, I was, I was before Bottle Rocket, I was a big fan of his uh, TikToks. Oh, I haven't seen Wessie's TikToks. Wes's pre nineteen ninety six TikToks. Uh, well, you can barely, you can't find them anywhere because yeah. he would shoot them on a. He didn't, you know, he didn't have the device back then. Oh, he didn't even have the app, probably. No, you didn't. The app didn't exist, yeah. so he was shooting yeah. TikToks to to nothing, to nowhere. Uh, he would hold weird. up a. He would hold up <laughs> very a, weird, Wessie. Very weird. He would what hold up a dry like... erase board uh, eraser in front of his friends and say, "Okay, well, let's freak. sing to this song." And they would do, you know, the all the new dances or whatever. The, the locomotion. So he's making his friends dance. Yeah, and he's pushing a fake button on a dry erase marker. <laughs> now, granted, you saw them and loved them, but. 
the, the production of it was a little strange. right, and and to see them now, you really just have to. You can't find them anyway. You just have to sort of imagine them, <laughs> which is what I did. Fortunately, there's text that describe them. Right. Oh, that's the, that's what the song "Imagine" was all about. It's about imagining Wes Anderson's pre-1996 TikToks shot on an eraser. So, John, can I just say I love "Imagine." That, the, the, now I'm getting to this with people a lot. The song or the production company? The production company. They do great Sorry, work. I, I like the song, but I uh, I just wanted to tell you I like the production company, Imagine. Well, we, they, they want me to use that song. They want to shoot a movie about my life where I play myself, and we use uh, anti, anti-aging whatever it's called. Well, Johnny Boy, if Ron Howard comes a knock in, prepare yourself for the seductive powers of Mr. Howard. Now, now what he's going to convince you to do this movie. You get him, he swaggers in through the door, gives you that million-dollar smile. <laughs> shows you his, shows you his latest uh, Navy cap. Oh, one look at his Navy cap. You're excited on to his next movie, buddy. This man buddy. needs business. And business is booming. (laughs) All right, Ryan, I hope that helped. Yeah, we love you, Ryan. (laughs) Well, we did some good work here. We helped a lot of people. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm proud of our work. I mean, his girlfriend's dad, his girlfriend, his grandma, the whole... The dad's uh, wife. Yep, the whole... (laughs) The dad's wife. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, the dad's wife. That's how I refer to husbands and wives. Dads and wives. The dads and the wives. Stanley, what's the up next? The dads and the wives. What's up, what's up next for you? Uh, doing a sequel to Here Comes the Boom. Really? Are you getting uh, Kevin James back for it, or are you no. recasting? Recasting. Who do you think you're going to use? The guy who, hey, you know what you should do is use the guy from the Batman who played Penguin, but keep him in that Penguin stuff. Oh, uh, uh, Danny DeVito. That's right. Keep him in that look, though. But I'll hang him upside down. That's perfect. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that should be coming out, uh, well, based on my uh, reputation. It'll be out in 20 years. Oh, my God. Would you make a movie already? You. I take a long time. Do me a favor. Get a TikTok account and make some TikToks because you'll see film can be fast. I'll look into the TikToks. Uh, you're not you going look, to. You're not going to do it. If you look it. into the that. big box. <laughs> I've looked into the big box. I don't know what you're talking about. I go to all types of stores, every type of store. I said, do you sell a bit box here? And they said, uh, we sell things that go click clock. This is a clock store. Uh, no, I need a bit box. See you later. I go to a pants store. Do you sell bit box? We sell bell bottoms. No, not exactly what I'm looking for. Good day to you and good luck with the, the business. So until you clue me in on what the hell you're talking yeah, about. Until they get their act together. <laughs> until the act gets together, I am at a loss, my fine feathered friend. Oh, it's a bird. Yeah, why do they call you do they why do they call you the bird of cinema? Oh, because I keep pecking at seed between takes. I don't do it during the takes. Right, that would ruin a take. You'd get to, you'd get the bail treatment. It's better than eating Hershey bars. That's true. I wonder if a bird would like seed or Hershey's better. 
Maybe to, maybe we discuss that next time. That's a next question for Lennon. For a full for a full two hours, we'll discuss <laughs> what, a bird what we think birds, birds prefer. There will be no science involved. <laughs> there will be no scientists. What our gut instinct tells us. Because it could go back and forth. I have a feeling I'm going to go back and forth on this issue for quite some time. <laughs> not necessary to run any experiments. I'm sorry, did you say not necessary? Oh boy, you got your brain in the candy shop. You did this to me. Well, also because I gotta, I gotta have answers for the new tummy tome people. Well, it's gonna be hard with your brains in the licorice jar. The the problem is, I'm reading a book about, I'm reading a book about making candy pages. But guess who put the book out? Tummy tomes. So I'm reading and eating, <laughs> and anything I underline to go back and show these people, it's already eaten. So. That's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Well, you know I love you. I love you too, buddy. And I hope you have a, a, a magical summer. Maybe you get uh, together with uh, Steven Spielberg, who for a time I thought was the same person, and you hang out with E.T. Uh, yeah, we got plans. Me, Steven, E.T., uh, and uh, Crocodile Dundee. We're the four of us, we get together, party. Stanley, Stevie, E.T., and the D. I love it. <laughs> Do me a favor, take some pictures of what you're doing, put it on TikTok. I'd love to see it. I, I, I can't. I can't do that. Fair enough. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Stanley, for coming on. I'd love to have you. And for the rest of you, good luck out there. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs>